Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. Amen. Tonight, I'm going to go back over El Shaddai. God, we thank you for El Shaddai, which is almighty, all-sufficient, all-powerful, having everything you need in every area of your life. If you can just stop and think about that we serve an almighty God. We serve El Shaddai, all-powerful, all-sufficient, that meets every need in every area of our lives. Come on, who would not want to serve a God like that? Who would not want to know a God like that? And Abraham, in Genesis 17, 1, Abraham got to know El Shaddai. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. So God was speaking to Abraham. He was letting him know, I am your almighty God. I am El Shaddai. So Abraham got to know him for um, him, for God meeting all of his needs. And we know that even through Abraham, he had Isaac and he had Jacob. So his children's needs were met because of the covenant that God had with Abraham and it was in every area of their lives we looked at um, Isaac and how the word of God said in Genesis 26 12 through 16 that Isaac sold in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him and it said the man began to prosper and be and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. So look how God was supplying um, in Isaac's life and how he sold in the land and that land began to be fruitful and that land began to bring forth. So we see what God was doing in Isaac's life and it was because of the covenant that God had made with his father Abraham. Then we um, go to... Um, Genesis again, I think it was Genesis uh, 28, and it's talking about Jacob. It said, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be an assembly of peoples. So God multiplied him. He became fruitful. So you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When we look at Exodus Exodus 6, 1 and 3, the Lord spoke to Moses and he began to um, say that they knew him by Jehovah, um, but they did not, well, they did not, they knew him by God Almighty, but did not know him um, by Jehovah, the self-existing God. So God was reminding even the Israelites 
through Moses who he was. He was almighty and he was Jehovah. So I pray that you got something out of El Shaddai. So tonight I'm going to move forward with another name. And that name is Jehovah Jireh. We thank God for Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. The Lord will see to it. The Lord will provide. The Lord will see to it. And we know that's coming through Genesis chapter 22. And I'm going to start at verse 9, but we're going to go over briefly. Genesis 22. It said, Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. When we look at that, we have to understand what happened with Abraham. He waited 25 years to get a son. After he got the son, God told Abraham he wanted him to offer his one and only son up to him. So we know that Abraham was in fellowship with the Lord because he was hearing him. And as Abraham heard what God said, Abraham was obedient to God. In order for us to know God as our provider, we have to be able to hear him, not only hearing him, but be able to do what he says, even though it don't look like it's right. Sometimes we want to see something before we do something. That's not faith. The Bible tells us faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. And then faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. So when God spoke to Abraham, he did what God said. And the number one reason was because he trusted God. When you trust God, no matter what it looked like, no matter what people say, you're going to do what God tells you to do outside of how you feel. That's how you know that you're in a place with God. You're not looking at your money. You're not looking at, um, you know, what's going on around you. You're not looking at how your body feels. You're just looking to him who's the author and finisher of your faith. You're trusting God more than you're trusting your situation. And this is what Abraham did. Now, can you imagine this was his one and only son? This was a son he waited on for 25 years. But Abraham loved God more than he loved his son. And that's what God was doing. He was testing Abraham to see. Let me see what you're going to do. Let me see if you're going to put your son, the one and only son, you've been waiting on for 25 years above me. Now God will test you with the very thing that you've been waiting on him for. He will test you. He will try you to see if you're going to put anyone or anything above him. God knows our hearts. We may say many things with our lips. 
But God said that our hearts can be far from him. He said we can praise him with our lips. But he said our hearts can be far from him. And that's why sometimes God tests your heart. He tests your heart to see where your heart is when it comes to him. So Abraham did what God told him to do. So as Abraham was traveling, doing what God told him to do, God said, I'm I'm going to show you the place. See, God was saying, you just go. And I'm going to show you where I want you to do this sacrifice. Y'all know that have to be faith because some of us would say, okay, God, I'll do it. But God, you got to show me first. God, I hear that's you, but you got to show me first before I move. Let's say that God told you to go to Wilmington. You in Burgall. But you know how many miles it is to get from Burgall to Wilmington. And your car is dead on E. But God said, I want you to go to Wilmington today. Well, God, if you put the gas in my car, I'm just going to sit and wait. Because if you're telling me to go to Wilmington, you got somebody that's going to meet me at the gas tank pump. You get to the gas pump, nobody meets you. You're just sitting and you're just waiting. But God just told you to go to Wilmington. Okay, Wilmington is pretty big, right? He just said go to Wilmington. He told him to go to the mount of God, go to this mountain. He didn't tell him which mountain. He just told him to go. As he was traveling, see, we want it all at that time. We want God to break it down at that time. But God doesn't work that way. What God does, he give you a little. And he see if you're going to do that before he give you the rest. So that's a faith journey. He's not going to lay everything in your lap at one time. Why? Because we'll mess it up. So God said, I'm going to have to trust you with little, and then I'll give you much. Some of us want ministries, and when we want to start out big with those ministries, he said, if I can't trust you with where you are or doing what needs to be done where you are, do you think I'm going to trust you with a bigger ministry, with something of your own? See, God will break you down where you are at to see where your heart truly is for him. We can't be going after bigger jobs that pay bigger money. Because God said, if you can't be trusted at Burger King or McDonald's, do you think I'm going to give you a a bigger position and you're not um, being trustworthy with where you are? See, we ask for big things, but we're not heart ready. I'm going to say it again. We ask for bigger things, but we're not heart ready. Our heart ain't ready. Our heart ain't prepared to receive those things. But God was testing Abraham to see what his heart was. So Abraham moved forward to go where God wanted him to go. Then as he was um, getting there or was reaching that place, you know, his son was asking him questions. You know, you have this and you have that, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham was so sure so in um, a relationship, fellowship with God, he said, God will provide. Why did he say this? And not only that, he told the ones that was with him, stay here. Me and the lad will be back. Come on. He had so much trust in God that he knew, God, if you kill him, you're going to have to raise him up. Because you gave me this promise. So this is what we have to know about Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh does not go back on his promises. Whatever God has told you, God is going to do what he said. So Abraham knew if you kill my son, you're going to have to bring him back to life. So we have to put more trust in God as being our provider 
then we put in trust in other people because God is not going to fail you. He said his word is forever settled in heaven. He said heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word is going to remain. God said his word is not coming back to you void. It's not coming back to you empty, but it's going to go out and accomplish that which he pleased and prosper in the thing that he has sent it to do. By Abraham spending so much time with God, he trusted in the Lord with all his heart. He did not lean to his own understanding, but he acknowledged God in all his ways and knew that God was going to direct his steps. So when Abraham got where the place was, where he was being led, he looked up and he saw that place from afar off. When he got to that place, see what God is telling you tonight is, I want to take you from earth to heaven. See, that mountain was high. That mountain represented heaven. It wasn't something down there that he was used to. But God said, I'm going to take you to a place where I am. We have to let him take us to a place where he is so he can provide. But how can he provide for us when we're still holding on to things because we're trusting in those things more than we're trusting in him? How many in this room may have a savings account? And it's good to have a savings account. But what if God told you to empty it out? What if God said, I want you to empty your savings account out. I just want you to go and withdraw everything in your savings. That's the only thing he told you. That was the first thing he said. Just empty it out. Some of y'all probably saying ain't nothing in there to empty. (laughs) But let's say you got something in your savings. I heard that (laughs) you got something in your savings. Some of y'all got some money hidden somewhere. It may not be in the bank, maybe under your mattress, maybe somewhere in some money. Maybe it's $60, maybe it's $5. You're holding on to it for a rainy day. You holding on to something. You ain't going to be totally with nothing. Some of you say, yep, I have been. (laughs) All right, y'all. But you have money. And God said, I want you to empty that money out. Empty your piggy banks. Empty your money out. I want you to empty out. That's the first step. So you obedient with that step. So God know in your heart, you're saying, oh Lord, what in the world? He want me to do with my last little bit of coins. What do you want me to do with whatever? So he know it's still some worry there. So as you waiting on God to give you those other instructions, God is saying next, I'm going to show you what I want you to do what what's in your hands. So you say, okay, God, I trust you enough to know you're going to show me. So you're waiting and while you're waiting, you're giving God glory. You're going on about your life. You're praising God. And then all of a sudden God said, I want you to take that money and I want you to bless sister Deborah with it. Okay, God, I'll do exactly what you said. So you taking the money that you have, maybe $5, maybe $50, whatever it may be. God said, I want you to take that money and I want you to bless Sister Deborah with that money. So you going to Sister Deborah, you're giving her the money, you're being obedient to God, you're leaving Sister Deborah and you're saying, God, I thank you. I thank you, Father God, for allowing me to bless somebody outside of myself. Now, before you can even get home, you get a call from someone and say, you know what, I, you've been put on my heart and I need to see you. So you're saying, okay, 
So you meet up with them and they tell you, they say, you've been on my heart. I've been wrestling with this for months, but all of a sudden I feel like it's time for me to release it. And what I want to release to you is I have a will. And in that will, I have some things that I need to leave. And then the Lord put on my heart that he want me to leave you a million dollars. Jehovah Jireh. See, you ain't, I want y'all to catch this. God wants you to release something. When you release something, whether it's a burden, whether it's money, whether it's children, whatever it is that he tell you to release, you got to know that he's going to provide what he told you to release. Did anybody get that? If you don't release your children to him, how do you, how are you going to see God as a provider? If you don't release your money to him, how are you going to see God as a provider? If you don't release that heavy burden that you're carrying, how are you going to see God as a provider? Abraham had to hear, he had to do, and he had to release. So I'm asking you tonight, what are you holding on to? What are you so afraid of that you won't give it to God? See, in this ministry... And Miracle Temple, since this ministry has been birthed, everything that God say, I do. Why? Because I trust God knowing, God, where can I go? Who can I trust? I can't trust nobody but you. So each time I would release something to God, in return, God would bring me more back. Why? Because I, I didn't keep what I had because I knew it was not about me. It was all about him. I got to know him as Jehovah Jireh. You can't just call him Jehovah Jireh and don't know him as Jehovah Jireh because it's meaningless. All day long you can say, he's Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. But if you're not releasing anything for God to show you who he is, it's not going to be real to you. If you're holding on to the last that you have because you're afraid if I give this up, then I won't get nothing back. You don't know him as Jehovah Jireh because you're not giving him a chance to manifest himself how can God manifest if we don't give up nothing so this is what Abraham had to do and that reminds us of Jesus he had to lay down his life in order to what in exchange he he exchanged his righteousness for what for our sins. It was a great exchange. We took his righteousness and he took on our sin. You see how he did it? He exchanged something, but we got back something. We got life. And we got life more abundantly through him. But if you don't go to him to get that life, hey, you still walking around with death. But it was a great exchange. So you got to give up something to get something in return. That's how God moves. God don't move on you holding things in your hand because you're afraid to let it go because you don't know how you're going to get it back. And I believe some of us are like this in this room. We hold on to things because we're thinking if I give that away, who's going to give something to me? If I give it to Sister Deborah, who's going to give it back to me? We don't know who he is. Because if the spirit of the living God is telling you, this is what I want you to do, guess what? This is what we do. And we do it according to him and not according to who? 
ourselves. We don't let flesh get in the way. When God say do a thing, we do it by faith. Because he's the one that provides. He's the one that takes care of us. Out of everything that's going on in the world, we shouldn't look at what the world is doing. We should look to him for who we know he is. Amen? When we look at David in Psalms 23.1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. You got to know that you have all that you need before you really see it naturally. We got everything we need, even though in the natural, it don't look like we have it. We have to give God glory. God, I thank you that all of my bills are paid. God, I thank you that I have more than enough to do what I need to do. God, I thank you that that heavy burden has already been lifted. God, I thank you that my steps are ordered of you today. We begin to thank him because we know what we already have. We don't hold on to it. We don't wonder about it. We don't get scared to go this place and thinking if I go that place, my my gas tank is going to be empty and then I ain't going to be able to go to work and I need to go to work we don't know him do we because if we're doing things unto him we should know that we're going to be taking care of what regardless I don't remember who this was in the ministry I think I know who it is they said they went out to eat somewhere the Lord told them to go they didn't have any money but they sat down and they ate the food and after it was all said and done somebody ended up paying for their food Yeah, they had no money, but they heard God. Was he not a provider that day? He was a provider that day. He was the one that was taking care of them. He was the one that was supplying for them. When we look at him for who he really is, we're not looking at nobody else because God is the one that turned people's hearts towards us. So when we let him do that, we know that everything is going to be okay. Amen. Matthew 6 Verse 30 through verse 33. Everybody know this one. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added to you. Now look at here y'all. God is telling us we should not worry about what we eat, what we drink, or how we should be clothed. You know why? That's what the Gentiles do. That's what the unbelievers do. But being that we're born again... We should know that we're heirs of God and we're joint heirs of Jesus Christ. So whatever we need, we should know it has already been taken care of. When we can get into that place, in that place with God, we truly know that he is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. He's already provided the need before the need was even there. That's why we have to spend time in the word of God and say, God, you have already given it to me even before I ask. You already know what I'm in the need of before I ask. So God, I thank you that it's already mine and I'm giving you glory. I'm giving you honor and I'm giving you praise for who you are. You are 
Jehovah Jireh. Amen. We want to make it real. And when I was studying that name, God was taking me back through my life. And I said, God, you have truly been Jehovah Jireh, my provider from coming off the job to being where I am today. He is still who he says that he is. So tonight, whoever didn't get to do their presentation, please come up and do it. You have five minutes to do your presentation, speaking from the heart. Um, Then after that, I want to do one more thing before we leave. And I want to say that the test for tonight, I'm going to do four names. Now, those names I went over, Adonai, Elroy, Jehovah um, El Shaddai, and Jehovah Jireh. We're going to have four names on the test, okay? Four names on the test. The test only will have one scripture for each name. One scripture for each name. So tonight, you're going to stop at El, um, which one was it? El El Yon. Do not go past El El Yon. Okay, the ones that's just doing their presentations over again. So whoever want to come up, please come up at this time. And let's go ahead and get it done. Amen. Um, Apostle, she taught on um, making a disciple, and that is our job to make disciples. Um, Once someone's converted, they have to go on to become a disciple. Disciple is a learner and a follower of Jesus Christ. And um, we as believers, in order to do that, in order to win souls, we have to know God for ourselves and know who he is. And we have to always have an answer, according to 1 Peter three fifteen, for the hope that is within us. And I paraphrase that. Um, we have to have an answer because a lot of people are going to ask us questions and we have to answer them with surety and with a conviction because if we don't know who Christ is for ourselves, and we're not passionate about why we believe people are not going to, we're not going to be able to convince and win anybody else over to Christ. And um, we, a lot of times, and I encountered this a lot of times, as a matter of fact, I had a situation, it wasn't a situation, but um, I met a guy, you know, and God gave an opportunity to minister to him, and it was just uh you know, like God, because he was asking and talking about some of the things that we've been going over here in Clem. And so I said, wow, you know, I'm, I'm so glad <laughs> that I'm able to minister to him because he had already ran into people who could not answer his questions. So that was a setback to him. And um, so we must know that God is um, Elohim. He's the creator of all things, according to Genesis 1-1. And uh, First John 1, verse 1 and 2. And uh, we have to also realize, know for ourselves, personally, that he's El, El Yon. He is the most high God. There is no God above him. There's no God beside him. There's no God like him because there's many false gods. So we have to know that he's El, El Yon, the most high God. Um, 
Let me see. Oh, what am I missing? Yeah, uh, I know I'm missing something. I think of what it is. But anyway, yes, we have to know God for ourselves in order to win souls over, people over to Christ. We have to have them on the inside so that we can be effective witnesses. Amen. Okay, I hope I don't get up here and forget what I was going to say. Okay. Um, um, we learned how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. In order to be a disciple, you have to be a follower of Jesus Christ and a learner. Um, we learned that God, that we must know God for ourselves, that he is self-existent. And um, he's always been here um, according to psalms 92 before anything was brought forth god was he was here and um um and he spoke the world into existence everything we see in genesis 1 and we must defend um the faith we have in christ and um be ready to speak a word whenever it's presented to us according to first peter three fifteen, and um how we need to know not to answer back to a foolish person that wants to speak foolish things that don't believe in a in the god that we serve um according to proverbs 26 and um according to um According to uh, Romans 1.18, how, um, I'm sorry, y'all, the devil's trying to take it away, but I know I know it. Um, but, um, what was I about to say? Anyway, I'm going to go forward. That'll come back. Um, the name um, Elohim means uh, he is self-existing. He's our creator. And um, Elo, I mean, sorry, um, El El Young, he is the most high God. And we learned in Daniel 4 how um, Nebuchadnezzar was making himself above and trying to be God. And God had to bring him down to show him that he was the most high God and how in Isaiah the 14th chapter, um, Satan was even acknowledged that God is the most high God and how he wanted to be like God. And, um, uh, what was I going to say? It's trying to leave me, but that's, that's all I'm going to say. Um, that we are disciples of Christ and that he is self-existent in Psalms 90 and 2 and we also had to come up and um, say how we knew God exists. Um, a couple of weeks ago my son and I was getting ready to go to work and we cranked up our cars and it was making a noise and he said mom that's my car. I said okay so I go on down the road with my car and I hear this noise like a little rattling noise and God said take your car back home 
and get Lexi's car. So I called her, I said, Lexi, I need your car to go to work. So went to work, didn't think about my car, and I was sitting there talking to the lady at work. I said, Lord, I wish Lexi would take the car to the shop for me so I won't have to be late for Bible study. And I opened up my phone and started yelling. I said, oh, praise the Lord. She said, what's going on, what's going on? I said, Lexi taking my car to the shop. And she said, why are you saying that? I said, Lexi don't like to drive my car because she says it's too big. <laughs> so she took my car to the shop, and the man told me, he said, I think it's your timing. I said, well, I just got that done a couple of years ago, and it should still be under warranty. So she called the other guy. The guy didn't want to do it. He said, it's not under warranty. And I'm like, okay. So I called my other mechanic, and he said, we'll check it out for you. I said, I asked my mechanic, I said, you think I can drive it there? He said, yeah, I think you can. So I get in my car. Mind you, it's only going 40. And I'm like, hold on, just please get me to the other shop because I don't want to have to tow, have it towed. It's going to get there. I'm believing in you. We're going to get to this shop. So thank the Lord I got it to the shop. And they called me and told me it was the timing. So they did that. And the whole time that my car was in the shop, I was going around the house singing and praising the Lord. And Lexi said, Mommy, are you all right? I said, yes. Yeah. She said, I said, why? She said, because your baby's in the shop and you're not yelling at everybody. I said, well, God's going to fix it, and it's going to be fixed. So I got my car back. I said, thank you, Jesus. And also, how I know God is this, is some of you know I work at school, and those kids, they're, they're kids. But one, some of the kids know that when they come in my class, they say, don't be saying those ugly things, because you know, Miss Bellman Ward, don't allow those ugly words to come out your mouth. I said, thank you, because that's not the way we're talking here. We also learned about defending our faith in First Peter 3.15, and we learned about L. Elohim, he's the creator in Genesis 1-1, and El Elyon, the Most High, in Genesis 14. I learned that in order to be a disciple, you must know who God is, and God is self-existent. Nobody created him. He existed before anything existed. Even before the mountains were formed, he existed. That's in Psalms 92. And also, you have to know that he exists. He exists in Romans 1, 19 and 20 because he built it in us. It's already in us that we know right and wrong. It's, we are, it's come, it becomes conscious. It, when you're doing wrong, you'll know that's how... He um, created us. He created us to, um, for his purpose. And also, he, um, in order to defend your faith, I had a situation the other week. And before I knew it, I just was intertwined with food. Because <laughs> he's telling us that we're in the world system. But no. We're not in the world system. We're here to enjoy what God has given us. But he wanted to stand me down. You need to listen to him. I'm not listening to that man. You put your phone in your pocket because I'm not listening to that man. And um, I had to, he kept on and on. I said, go feed them kids. Go feed the kids. So I had to keep telling him, go head on. But I just got to the point that I was literally shaking that I got into it with him. And the ladies, the two ladies I worked with, 
One of them, they just ran in the office. The manager said, oh, Lord, you just hit the wrong subject because I had to do it again before you started this teaching. I had to defend my faith. And the one, she don't know what we're teaching on because she says she's not ready. She still want to do what she want to do. She came out, the, she was sitting there with her mouth hanging over. And when she come out the office, she said, oh, give me a high five. You defending your faith. She not even know what we're talking about. <laughs> so that's how you, um, I didn't mean to get into it like that, but I had to defend my faith because he want me to listen to this man that he listening to. But no, I don't do that. And um, also... El Elyon, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, and Elohim, the creator of heaven and earth. It's just awesome how he created everything. Just look at the different flowers that's, that's there that he created. And 2 Timothy 2, 23-26, that a believer must be calm. They must not get into quarrels. They must be answer with calmness when they um, are confronted so that Christ can win that person over. Praise God, like Apostle say, she wanted us to speak and speak from the heart. And I was telling Risa, I say, the only thing that can come out is, is what's in there. You know, we can look at our papers all we want to, but what is in there is what's going to come out. So what I've learned in the disciple class, Apostle been teaching on is discipleship. A disciple is a follower and it's a learner of Christ. And what I've learned from that, um, as believers, when we give our life to Christ and we are believers, that is what our main goal is to be disciples. The goal is to go out, come in, follow Christ, follow his word, learn his word, and then go out into the world and help lead other people back to Christ. Um, that's what... Matthew 28 is telling us to go out and do and know that he will be with us when we go. Um, I also learned about God, who is God. God is a self-existing God. And I learned that God is the creator. He is the creator of the heaven and the earth and the fullness thereof. I learned that God is the self-existing God. I learned that God is... um, Everlasting. He was here from the beginning. He would be here to the end. There is no end. His everlasting, everlasting, according to um, um, Psalms 90. And what I learned about defending your faith, contending for your faith, is what Miss um, Deborah was just doing. When you're contending for your faith, you're coming up against somebody that's coming up against you about your faith. And um, God wants us to defend our faith according to John 1st. He wants us to defend what he has entrusted us with, what he has placed inside of us. I also learned that um, 
when we are defending our faith, we are not to engage into foolish arguments, according to um, Timothy 2. Um, and Proverbs 26 also tells us that we are not supposed to paraphrasing, go back and forth with someone that's talking foolish. Because if we go back and forth with someone that's talking foolish, we will look foolish also. Um, I learned about um, how do I know that God exists? God exists because of he's the creator. He's the first one here. He's the last one. He created everything that was here. There's nothing and no one that created the heaven and the earth and the fullness thereof. I know God exists because everything that's inside of me, he put it in my conscience to let me know that he exists. I know that God exists because he created our bodies, you know. Without God, we wouldn't wake up in the morning. Uh, without God, there would be no stars. There would be no moons. We just know from our conscience that God exists. Um, we learned about um, Elohim, which is the creator. He is the creator of the heaven and the earth and the fullness thereof. No one but no one, no other God created this heaven and this earth and everything that we look at but him. We learned about um, El Elyon, which is the most high God. I ain't going to make up nothing else. I'm going to stop. <laughs> How many do we have left after Teresa? This you, Athea? Okay. The red. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, discipleship. Being a disciple is first a learner of Christ, a follower of Christ, a learner of Christ. Um, and to be a disciple... We have to first believe that God is God and that he does exist. Um, and as everyone was saying, you know, being a disciple, we come in and we get taught, we learn, and we go out and we give others what we have learned. And we make it makes more disciples. Like, we become disciples and it just keeps going. The more that we tell what we know, then they, they that person will come to Christ and then they'll tell someone. And it just goes on and on. That's being a disciple. Um, who is God? God is the creator. He is Elohim. He created everything. No one, he created all things. Um, and as Renee was saying, you know, when we look at our bodies, he created our bodies. He made our bodies. And I think about Jeremiah whenever he said, um, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I ordained you. So he knew us before we were even in our parents' womb. That's how awesome he is. Um, he's our creator. He's Elohim. He created all things. He created the heavens, the earth, the trees, the butterflies, the bees, the big things, the small things, human, the animals. Um, and I think it's Psalms 19 that says um, the heavens show forth mm -hmm. his glory 
the heavens declare his glory and the earth shows forth the firmament of his hands. I'm probably getting it mixed up, but y'all know what I mean. Um, and um, what did I say? Elohim. Who he, I've started, I did Elohim. Okay. I think I went forward. Now let me go back to where I was. Um, defending our faith. We have to defend our faith. Um, we have to be meek when someone is coming to us and they're coming against us. And, you know, we're talking about Jesus or we're talking about God and they try to come against us and tell us what they believe or tell us what we're saying is not right or not accurate or, or whatever. But we have to confront them in calmness and meekness and we have to just give them the word of God um, everybody's not going to take it if they don't take it we just leave them alone because if we stand there and keep arguing with them we'll be made to look like a fool as they are and they're trying to make us look like a fool by standing there contending with them I've been through that a lot of times sometimes it didn't quite work out because I, I, I went left because um, it does make you angry and it kind of pulls you out of place but now that we're being taught it's, it's, it's like there now in our minds to calm down and just speak the word and go on if they receive it, they receive it if they don't, they don't but don't stand there and argue with them um, Elohim, he's the most high God Elohim. no, 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 no El Elyon, he is the most high God. There's no other God above him. He is just God all by himself. It's something else, but I can't think, so I'm going to stop right now. Amen. And we're going to um, wrap it up with Athea. You got one more. After that, one person that calls in, we're going to wrap it up. Amen. I am nervous. Um, in this teaching, <laughs> we learn about being a disciple of Christ, and it goes beyond conversion. You know, when you come up and accept Christ, you're converted. You come out of the darkness into the marvelous light. But after that, you're taught to be a disciple. And the Bible says that iron sharpened iron, so we go out to make disciples of others. And to know who God is, you have to have a personal relationship with him to know who God is and that he does exist. And it takes faith to do that because God says without faith it's impossible to please him because they that come to God must first believe that he is and that he is a reward of those that diligently seek him. Um, he is Elohim. He is the creator, the maker of all things. He's the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. Um, He's God. Um, he's El Elyon, the most high God. There's no other God besides him. Buddha, Mohammed, all of those, they're dead. They're dead. They ain't coming back. They are dead. They come back during the resurrection with everybody else and be judged like everybody else. But God is God. There's only one God. One God. You know, uh, a lot of religions have many gods. But we know, when you know who God is, that there is only one God. There's only one God that wakes you up in the morning. He's God. 
There's only one God that answers your prayer. He's God. There's only one God that heals your body. He's God. And all of that, the healer, the deliverer, your protector, is all in one. Amen. And he is God. And besides him, there is no other. Amen. Natasha, come on up, baby. But I've learned in claim class is that we are disciples, following, following the of Jesus Christ. We also learn that that God exists because He is the self-existing, and that He created the heaven and earth. And uh, we also defend our faith by sanctifying God in our hearts that we are ready with meekness and fear. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Natasha. Do we have the caller? Um, y'all got through it, so y'all just sit back and relax, and I won't keep you long. I've only got five minutes. All right, y'all ready? <laughs> okay, let me see. So, um, to start off with, um, as I was meditating last week over the teachings and everything, I was starting off with who is God? You know, how. How, how do we know God? You know, how do we know He exists? And this song came to me. It says, Who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? And who told the ocean you can only come this far? And who showed the moon? Where to hide till evening, whose words alone can catch a falling star. You see, I know my Redeemer, He lives. Oh, I know my Redeemer, He lives. Let all creation testify, let this life within me cry, oh, I know my Redeemer, He lives. So, Amen. time with Elo, oh, what was I going to say, Elohim, and that's Genesis one one and probably my most favorite scripture with all this was um i was telling kim the other day is psalms 92 because god you know he was here before anything and nobody's before him and that should just make us feel so confident you know when things come up and things arise when we're defending our faith 
which he talks about in 1 Peter 3.15. You know, we have God on our side, and he's here. He was here before anything. And there is no other God before, you know, before him, El Elyon. That's uh, Psalms 57.2, where David cried out to God. You know, he, he was acknowledging God as, as the most high God. And I believe that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a blessed night. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. We thank God for all of you guys. So the next round, what we're going to do is the last four names. I'm going to wrap up reviewing the last two I done next Tuesday, if it's the Lord's will. After I wrap that up, you're going to come right back up and represent those last four names from your heart after we redo that then you will get a test and I guarantee you with us doing it this way you shouldn't miss nothing on a test because whatever's in your heart can go on paper amen so that's what we're going to do remember I'm going to go over the last two wrap them up next Tuesday the last two I just went over after I do that then you will start presenting the same night. You will start presenting those last four. Okay? Well, the first two because the last two, that, well, you can do all four because I'm just briefly going over them. You can do all four. Everybody got it? Next thing I want to do before we close, I want to say that God is just doing some awesome things, y'all. The next um, thing that we're doing in August the 5th is our Created with Purpose Youth Conference. And God is just bringing everything together. I mean, he's just bringing it together. So I just want to give you a little highlight so you can let everybody know. Of course, we have the flyer out. And we're going to have the little cards out that we can pass out during the Blueberry Fest and any other events. We're going to pass that out. But we don't want you to only pass it out. We want you to be able to tell people what we're doing with the Created with Purpose. We're reaching out to the youth, not only to the youth, but to the parents. We want them to know that they're loved. We want them to know that they were created with purpose. And we're going to be having... Um, you know, different activities and these activities that we have, it's not just going to be where they can go out and play, but we want to take these activities and we want to give little spiritual lessons doing these activities to let them know everything is created with purpose. So we will have helicopter rides. These helicopter rides is only going to be for 25 kids. Now we could do it for more but it takes an hour just to do 25. We're going to have the skating ring. We're going to have movie night. We're going to preferably have a water slide. We're going to have a dunking booth. We're going to have, um, what else was it? Uh, ice Not ice cream, but uh, snow cones. We're going to have popcorn for that uh, August 5th. And we're going to have a lot more other things um, for the children to do and the adults to be able to participate as well. So keep that in mind and go out and talk about what God is doing. We're going to um, have letters that we're passing out where if people want to give donations unto what we're doing, that would be great. 
So we're going to have a lot going on. We're going to need a lot of participation. And I believe if you open your mouth, God will fill it. Amen. So we need everybody in the ministry to open your mouth. Tell them what we're doing. It's not about us. It's all about him. We want to make sure that every child do not leave here the same. Amen. We want to make sure every child is loved. Every child have the understanding that they need in this youth conference. We will have speakers. We will have dancers. We will have, um, you know, the youth singing. We want to make this an explosion for the youth. We want them to know the truth. And by knowing the truth, they will be set free by the truth. Amen. To God be the glory. Do we have um, any more announcements before we go into the offering? Is there anything else before we do our offering? After our offering, we will be dismissed. Um, Jayana, did you have something, sweetie? You don't have to get up there, baby, if you don't want to. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.